great to be in the house of the Lord today. Someone quoted from the Psalms this morning in prayer. I just love the passage uh, when it says something like this. Um, I forget exactly how David put it, but he, he said, he said uh, um, I was excited to go to the house of the Lord or something like that. And uh, I, I was glad, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. That's it. That's it. So we're here today. And I believe God's got some great things for you today. Um, we're in the series now in the second, uh, second week of a series called You Asked For It. And, and how this all originated for us was we just felt like there was a lot of people asking a lot of questions. And we wanted to answer those questions. So back in um, April time frame and around Easter, uh, we opened up a window where we, we had people just submit questions on... Uh, things that they wanted preached from the pulpit, you know? And so we sort of, we, we got, uh, you know, a couple hundred questions maybe or something like that, and we sort of tried to consolidate them, and, and uh, we just took the most popular ones as best we knew it, and then also, you know, from a pastoral angle said, wow, we really need to address this, even if it was only one person asking the question, because we felt like it was a very pertinent question that would uh, help people a lot. So, you know, we put our little uh, input in it as well. And here we are, where you asked for it. So last week, we answered the question, does God hear me? Does God hear me? And so uh, that belie- I believe that came from someone who felt like their prayers were going unanswered. They were, they were concerned about, you know, talking to God, but not uh, him wondering if he heard them. And today we're going to talk, it's sort of along those lines, but it's a different topic. Um, how do I hear God's voice? How do I hear God's voice? And the fact of the matter is this, God is a speaking God. All through the Bible, we see that God is a God who communicates. He speaks. His communication is alive and well. Even from the beginning, Genesis, we see these words, and God said, and God said. God is a communicating God. God, you know, from beginning to end, we see that he communicates. And I want to share a verse with you just to lay a foundation uh, of uh, the fact that God communicates. In John 10, 27, Jesus was saying this uh, to his disciples. And he says this, my sheep, which is sort of an analogy or a metaphor, meaning uh, if he's the shepherd, he's taking care of a, a flock of sheep. And it really means, you know, if he's God, he's taking care of his people. Okay. So uh, he says, my sheep, Listen to my voice. They listen to my voice. He says, I know them and they follow me. And the reality is that's a powerful verse. It's beautiful. But we can't follow the one that we can't hear. Right? It's very hard to follow someone or something that we struggle hearing. So I want to talk to you about this today. I think it's a really, really big topic. But I do want you to know that God from the beginning has established the fact that he's, he's, a, he's a speaker. He's a communicator. And communication is very important to him. Uh, when, when God used Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, they're, at, they're on Mount Sinai. And the Bible says that God's voice thundered. It was powerful. It was loud. It was loud. It was so much, so powerful that it, it, it's almost, it struck fear in the Israelites. And they said to Moses, we don't want to hear God's voice anymore. 
Why don't you go hear him for us and then come back and tell us what he said? So his voice, his voice can thunder. But Elijah experienced the still small voice. You know, the, the gentle whisper. Elijah experienced something much more quieter, something that wasn't thundering. John, on the island of Patmos, you read the book of Revelation, uh, he was, he was uh, exiled to an island. I don't know if that's bad or good, but it uh, depends on your flavor of islands and stuff like that. But uh, he, was, he was sent to an island, and uh, he had these encounters, these amazing encounters with God. And uh, in one, in, at one time, he said uh, that, that his voice was like the sound of thunder. At another time, he said it was, his voice was like the sound of many waters or rushing waters. And so God, God has the ability to speak in different ways and, and uh, you know, different, different ways to express himself like us, right? If I'm yelling, you're going to be like, why are you yelling at me? If I'm whispering and you can't hear me, you know, or it's like even a whisper sends a message like, I don't want other people to hear. It's between you and me, you know, things like that. So there's varying tones to God's voice. There's varying ways that he communicates. In fact, it's not only by the hearing portion um, that, that he communicates. Like there's, the Bible talks about an inner voice. There's an inner voice. That, that we can hear. Uh, sometimes God, we see in the Bible and, and we, we experience God's communication through dreams or, invi- or visions or impressions or just an, uh, 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 a sense or an experience of God's peace. God can communicate and affirm things through his, just his amazing peace. And so I want to talk about this because I feel like it's very important as God's children that we, that we hear his voice. So over and over, God wants us to understand that he's a communicating God. And he is a God of relationship. He's not some distant, other world being that is so separate from us that he can't be known or doesn't want to be known. He wants to have intimate relationships with his people. Now let me ask you a question. How many people do you know really, really well that you never talked to? You never heard from. We got a problem here. You, you know what I mean? I mean, how your best friend. How did you become best friends with that person? Was it because you saw them at times and you, you know, gave them the eyebrow nod or gave them a quick little wave? No, you spent time with them. You communicated with them. You heard from them and they heard from you. And let me just tell you something. Since God is a God of relationship, he wants to be known. And since a God, a God is a speaking God, he wants his voice to be heard. Without the ability to hear his voice, I would go so far as to say there is no relationship. There's no relationship. You know? And so let's, let's dig into this deeply. Um, I want to share a quote with you which I think is pretty, it's quite profound. It says this by Dallas Willard. He said, if God does not speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do to people is to tell them that they could have a personal relationship with God. I'm going to say that again. If God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice that we could ever do to people is to tell them that they could have a personal relationship with God. Because if God's not speaking, how can you be personal with him? Do you get this? This makes sense to you? So 
so here's the tension. In my life, early on in my Christianity, uh, very fervent, very excited, very passionate for Jesus, I was around people, and I've shared this story before, I was around people who would, would say things like this, God told me this, God said this to me today, and I'm just thinking, wow, that's, that's awesome, uh, you know, and, and I heard it over and over to the point, over a period of time, where I became frustrated, because I heard people saying, God said this to me, or I've heard God, I heard God say this, I got frustrated because I wasn't hearing God. And I, I began to talk to them because, I, you know, I wasn't just going to bury that feeling. I began to talk to them about my frustration. They were close enough that I could open up and be real with. And, and I said to them, I said, listen, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I try. I read my word. I pray. You know, I, I'm doing everything I know to do. I, I'm doing it the best I can, but I am not hearing God's voice. And at the end, you know, at the end of the conversation, the conclusion was I was listening for a literal voice. I was listening for a voice like you're hearing now, like, you, you know, like a friend. You, you're, you hear a literal voice. And I, I was naive. I was young in the faith. I, I just didn't know that that's not necessarily the only way God speaks. So I became frustrated because I wasn't hearing an audible Voice And after that conversation, they said, it's sort of like this inner voice. It's hard to describe, but it's sort of like this inner voice that, that is just there. And, and you hear it, but you don't hear it with your ears. Now, God can speak audibly where we can hear him with our ears, but he doesn't always speak that way. And, and I began to get it. And then I heard some, some teaching years later um, about this topic. And, and the person who was teaching it said something like this. Okay, I don't want you to move your mouth, and we could do this as a practice. I, I don't want you to move your mouth. I don't want anything to come out of your mouth, but I want you to sing happy birthday to you, to yourself. Just take a minute and sing happy birthday to you. It may not be your birthday, or sing happy birthday to someone you know, right? That, that is the way, it's that inner, that's inner voice. You can hear it, right? You know what's going on. Is anyone with me today? I mean, are we, is this making sense? Okay, so, so there, there's, there's this voice, it's this inner voice that's happening that you don't hear with your ears and you're not speaking with your mouth, but you know what's being said. It's sort of like when we talk to ourselves, but we don't move our mouth. It's all going on in the head, you know what I mean? Uh, and so this, they explained this to me, and it began to change my frustration into expectation. And I began to hear God's voice. I, I began to see that God is speaking and experienced this voice that, that was speaking to me and took away so much frustration. I did learn this. I did learn that if you want to speak, you got you to gotta speak to him. If you want him to speak and hear him, you, you've got to speak to him. And you gotta, you, I, I, I've learned that it's good to ask questions to God, you know, to sort of force his hand to respond and sometimes it's like, even before I get the thought out, he's answering the question. And sometimes it may be a few days or a few weeks before I get that literal uh, response to my question. Why he does it that way, I, I can't, I don't know. I just don't know. But his ways are, are good and he, he knows what he's doing, so I trust him. Can I be honest? Can, let's be honest for a moment. How many have experienced that tension of hearing God's voice? There's just that tension, like, okay, I want to hear it. I'm a little frustrated sometimes. I don't hear it. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's speaking to me. 
you know what? We could be real in this place. There's a tension there. And so I want to help you today to, to overcome that tension because the reality is communication can be easily misunderstood. Communication with people and communication with God, they both could be easily misunderstood. Now, my wife is, I, I don't know if she's looking at me because she knows I'm about to say something about her, but very typically I do, and I just felt like I got that look. So here we go. It's coming, honey. <laughs> when my wife speaks to me, I don't always hear. And sometimes when I hear, I don't always understand. Let, let's just be honest. I, I mean, you know, I, I love her. I, you know, I've been married to her for 25 plus years now. And it's been, it's been an amazing marriage. And yet, when she speaks, I don't always hear and I don't always understand. In fact, I heard someone say this about newlyweds and marriages, since we're on the topic very briefly. Uh, to, to the men who are newlyweds, there, there are, are two things that you know, need to know about women and communication. There's two things that you need to know. This is to the newlywed or newer uh, uh, the newer person who's married, um, you, you need to know that no one knows what they are. No one knows. <laughs> okay, maybe that didn't go across too well. All right. The two things that you need to know as a newlywed is if understanding your wife and communication, no one really knows what those two things are. Maybe I should describe it another way or just move on. I think I'm going to move on. All right. So, all right. So, but one thing I will tell you is this about hearing God's voice. It gets easier over time. You know, being married 25 years, my wife doesn't call me on the phone and say, hey, it's Kelly. You know what I mean? I know her voice. I know what she is saying. Once she, you know, once I pick up the phone, uh, aside from, you know, uh, caller ID, I still know her voice. I know it's her. She doesn't have to identify herself. And it gets that way with God over time. I promise you. As you, as you nurture that relationship, as you seek to hear his voice, as, as you grow in relationship to him, you know, I, I hear people now say, I know God told me this. I know it was God. And that's because they've matured in their ability to hear his voice. It doesn't start that way. And I share with you my frustration because you may be sitting there with your very own frustration in this area. And I'll just tell you, it gets better. Stick to it. He, he hears you. And he's speaking, he's, he's actively speaking, actively, actively speaking. And um, we can learn to hear him. So, so let me give you three reasons why I believe it's important to hear the voice of God. The first one is this. It confirms that we are part of his family. It confirms that we are part of his family. Let's look at Romans 8.14. It says in Romans 8.14, it says... Uh, those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. You see, He wants to lead you by His Spirit. How does His Spirit lead you? Through the very things that I mentioned earlier. Dreams, visions, impressions, peace, the Word of God, uh, His voice. You know, we, we're led by His Spirit. 
we, as we read through the book of Acts, we see that Paul, Paul was on his way on a missionary journey. He was going one direction and the Bible says the spirit of God arrested him. It, it stopped him in his tracks and, and he couldn't go into a given area that he had planned on going into. And then that night he had this dream and he saw this Macedonian man crying out, come help us, come help us, come help us. And he, he surmised or concluded from that dream that he was supposed to go into Macedonia. That was not his plan. You see, it was not his plan, but the Spirit speaks to us and guides us. He leads us. And now, I would say the difference between hearing God's voice and not is sort of uh, described as sort of like having a relationship versus knowing somebody. You know, like, for example, I could say, listen to me, I know President Obama. I know him. Well, did you ever talk to him? No, I've never talked to him. Um, but, and I didn't do this, but I've written him letters. I catch him on CNN. You know, I, I know his mannerisms. I know what he's excited. I know his hobbies. I, I just, do you, did you ever meet him? No, I've never met him. You don't know him. And so some of us in this place, we know about God, but the relationship will drastically change when we begin to hear from him uh, and spend time with him, hear his voice and grow in relationship with him. There's a difference between knowing somebody and knowing about somebody. So, um, and it's important to understand at the outset that, you know, as a child of God, that, that God, is, God is extremely concerned with and knowledgeable about the details of our lives. The Bible says that he knows the number of hairs on our head. You know, uh, he, he knows us intimately. He knows us personally. He cares about us. His love for us is great. In fact, you know, I don't know how you're feeling today about your faith. I don't know how you're feeling today, today about your God. But the reality is he will never love you more than he does today at this very moment. And he will never love you less. And he wants to speak and be heard and understood by you. He is not that distant. He is not that distant God that some have portrayed him as being. He is close. The Bible says closer than a brother. He, he, he wants that intimacy with you. And there's nothing in your life that he doesn't know about. There's nothing. And, and he's engaged and involved. The Bible says that God is love. And the reason that we have the ability to love, receive love, and give love away is because God is love, and we're made in his image. We're like him. We're made like him, and we value relationships, right? We value communication. Sometimes we've had too much, and we need to get away and be alone, but the reality is we, we wouldn't survive well with no communication ever. So he is attentive to your need, and his love pays attention to who you are, he affirms you, he value, values you, and he wants to use his voice, his speech to you to, to encourage you and strengthen you and to, um, to let you know how much he loves you. And not only is he intimately involved with all of the details of our lives, but as a child of God, you know, um, he also wants to answer our questions. How many have questions? You know, we have questions in life. God, why did this happen? What is going on here? You know, and the Bible says 20 times in the New Testament, uh, the Bible says, ask. 
ask in reference to God. In James, it says, you know, if you're lacking wisdom, ask him for wisdom. He'll give it to you. You know, and, and so those who will, will ask, you know, are going to get a response to the answer. He wants to answer your questions. And interestingly, he, he has a different viewpoint than you do. I found that out a lot. I found that out a lot. So uh, it, it confirms that you are in God's family. The second point I want to make is this, that it keeps you on God's path for your life. It keeps you on God's path for your life. Now, if you actually listen to God and you hear God and you do things God's way, this is a good thing. Let me share a verse with you. Um, it says in Isaiah verse th- uh, chapter 30, verse 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. See, he wants to keep us on his path for our lives because the Bible says, I, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you, give you hope and a future. Now there's a path that could lead you toward that or the path, there's a path or several paths that could lead you away from that. And see, he uses his voice to keep us on that path for our lives. He uses his voice to confirm and reaffirm and adjust. You know, someone said God's voice is like a GPS. You know, you turn on the GPS, you start on this long road trip, you begin to hear directions, turn left, turn right, go straight for two miles. If you get in a long stretch, you don't hear that GPS talking at all for a long period of time. But that's a good thing if you're on the path. You know what I mean? It's a good thing if you're on the path that that GPS is guiding you toward. And God does that sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you're going the direction you should. You're doing the things that you should. You're not asking questions, but you're on the path. You may not hear his voice for a while unless you force, force it by, you know, asking him questions, getting in his face and, you know, and not in an aggressive, angrily, angry way, but in a, in a way to say, I want to hear from you. I want to know you more, you know? How, how, what are the things in my life that, that I could do to, to grow closer to you? You know, begin to ask questions. Begin to seek his face. And, and so his voice keeps you on his path for your life. And I will say this, you know, the most pivotal events that I've experienced in my personal life were dictated and guided by God's voice, you know? Changing jobs, changing careers, coming into the ministry, buying homes, making big investments, Bible school, all these things. They were, they were guided by God's voice. They were guided by God's voice. And, and it saddens me to think that people conclude that God is not speaking. And they're making decisions with their life that may or may not be the best decisions. They may, may or may not be according to God's plan for their life. And they've given up on hearing and they're doing their own thing. And, and so they're losing that, that guidance that could keep them on God's path for their life. Um, here, here's the third thought as it relates to the importance of hearing God's voice. It produces success in your life. Hearing God's voice produces success in your life. And I'm not talking necessarily about worldly success specifically, although that could be a part of it. 
easily. That could be a part of it. I'm not talking about great riches, although that could be a part of it. Um, I'm talking about being exactly who God has made you to be. I'm talking about being in the place that God has created for you. I'm talking about living in fulfillment, being at the center of God's will for your life. That is, is success in my eyes. That is success because when you're walking in the center of God's will for your life, you know, there's grace, there's favor, there's goodness, you know, uh, surrounding you. And we'll see this in Deuteronomy 28. It's a little bit long of a verse, verses one and two, but I need you to see this. Deuteronomy 28 is famously known for the blessings and the curses. And, and so this is, this is what the chapter starts off as. It says this, if you fully obey the Lord, your God, and carry, or carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All the blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. It is... N- oh. Actually, I, I've, can I read this from up here? All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord, your God. Okay, I guess I had a partial of another verse. Man, who who doesn't want all these blessings? If you look at it, the Bible says you'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the country. You'll be blessed in the marketplace. You'll be blessed in the workplace. Wherever you go, favor, you know, and goodness will follow. Who wouldn't want that for your life, right? And, And that's why I say that, you know, when we hear God's voice, it sets us up. It sets us up to produce success in our lives, especially when we obey that voice. And it's not like, it's not like um, Lord, uh, you know, tell me and, and I will decide what to do. Speak to me and then I'll decide what to do. It's, it's more like, God, speak to me and I will do what you tell me to do. That's what we're hearing out of verse, uh, chapter 28, verses 1 and 2 of Deuteronomy. Speak to me. And I will decide what to do. Now, in this very place, there are all kinds of radio waves and, 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 you know, all these waves going on all around us right now. In fact, if you have a smart device, your smart device is picking up those waves. It has the ability to pick up, um, you know, different kinds of waves, sound waves, radio waves. I mean, there's pictures and videos floating through the air right now in our midst. Do you see them? No, we don't see them. But they are there. There's all kinds of communication activity floating around us. Right now, as we sit here, as I speak, there's all kinds of activity. And you can't pick them up unless you have a receiver. You can't pick up that activity unless you have a receiver. And God has uniquely created us to be that receiver. Um, So... Why is it difficult to hear God's voice on a regular basis? And we're a receiver because we're not tuned in. We, we've got to learn how to tune in to God's voice. And I want, to, I want to just share with you briefly before I close what that means, what that looks like, what should we do? Maybe for the first time, you're going to hear your voice today. In fact, I felt like God say this. I, feel, I felt like God said this yesterday as I was preparing my, uh, my message, that, that this week and even today, there's going to be breakthrough, that people are going to hear God's voice for the very first time. And people who have never or haven't heard it in a long time, uh, there's, going to be, there's going to be a freshness to his voice, and there's going to be a, the ability to hear 
again. I feel like he, he desires to bring breakthrough. He desires to be heard. I mean, this is important to him. In fact, let me just go way, way back. Who was the one who initiated this uh, relationship with him? He did, right? The Bible says that while we were, still, we were still sinners, he sent his son. Like he initiated all this. I mean, we're distant, we're broken, we're loaded with sin, living in darkness. And he's like, I- I'm going to fix this problem. I'm going to initiate this because I want relationship. And so because being a God who wants relationship, he wants to break through in your life. He, he wants to be heard. He wants to be known. So how do we tune in? How do we learn to distinguish between God's voice, Satan's voice, and our own voice? How, how do we learn to distinguish this? And, and, and as a young person, if you're here today, this is so important. It will pave the way for your future. It will pave the way for your future to know God's voice. And that, that really applies to every person, not just young people. It will pave the way from this day forward, being a hearer of God's voice will change your life. I cannot emphasize the significance, the importance of being able to hear. So I, I want to share with you three quick points as it relates to tuning in. How do we turning in, tune in? Uh, the first one is this. We tune in. We tune into God's voice. We, we catch the waves of what's being spoken from heaven, right? We, we, we tune in to God's voice as we quiet ourselves. And that's a challenging thing nowadays, right? As we quiet ourselves, we tune in to God, God's voice. See, God speaks to those who wait on him. Two, two verses in the Psalms that sort of touch on that. Psalm 4610, it says this, Be still. And know that I am God. How, do you, how in stillness do you know that he's God? This is how. You begin to sense his goodness. You, you sense his presence. You hear his voice. He speaks to you. His word begins to come alive. Listen, when we're running frantically and, and busily and, you know, we, we just have, you know, we've got all these things that we've got, got to get through in life and things that we want to get through in life. And, oh, yeah, by the way, let me spend two minutes with God. You know, I mean, two minutes is better than no minutes. Let me say that. But the reality is if he's way down on the totem pole of importance in our lives, you know, it's going to be challenging us for, be to, for us to be still and know that he is God. Right? So, so we need to learn how to quiet ourselves. And, and there's a, a, a famous evangelist. I think it was, uh, was Wesley. Wesley's mom had many, many kids. And if I've got the name wrong, forgive me. We could correct it some other time. Uh, but she had many kids. And it was a one-room house. And she would pull her skirt up over her head and just, you know, and just hide and quiet herself. There might have been mayhem going on around, all around her, kids running, kids crying, someone bullying another one, you know, uh, someone being, dra- you know, a drama queen, all this stuff. The reality is the kids knew do not bother mom when she, you know, has her skirt over her head, when she's praying and spending time with God. She found a quiet place in the midst of craziness. We could do that. We could do that. It, takes, it will take some, some intentionality. It will take us uh, practicing that. But she found that. Psalm 62 verse 5 says this. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. It's interesting that, that, that rest and hope, 
in this passage are tied together. Some of us are living life without hope. And maybe, maybe one of the key things that we need to step into is quieting ourselves before God. So, so there's all these challenges in life. There's, you know, there's busyness that we face. There's, you know, we just have such a busy life. And, and listen, you can't develop a relationship with someone that you're too busy for. You know? Uh, you say, hey, we should get together, man. You're awesome. I'd love to spend time with you, get coffee and lunch. But you're too busy to ever get together with them. That relationship's going nowhere, right? That relationship is, is going nowhere. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about Martha and how she was so distracted. And her sister Mary, she was, Martha was frustrated with her sister Mary because her sister Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and there's all this stuff that needs to be done. Oh my goodness. You know, you got to get this in the oven. You got you to gotta prep this. You got to cut these vegetables. You got to do this. And the kids need a ride here and all this stuff going on. And Jesus said, you know what? Mary has chosen the better thing. How do we deal with that in life, though? I mean, it seems so practically good, and like, I get it, it makes sense to me, but how do we not be busy? Listen, you have to make time for God. If you don't make time for God, you won't have time for God. You've got to make it. You've got to say, no, I'm, I've, I'm doing this now. Everything else can wait. If you don't intentionally make time for God, your life will be consumed, your time will be consumed, and you'll have no time for God. You you have to think about that. Uh, That's just the culture we live in now. Busyness, craziness, or even just entertainment. Like, I I was doing this, I was playing this, I was watching this. And before you know it, there's no time for God. And we have to just, we have to schedule it into our day. We have to say, this is my time with him. This is where I'm going to be still. This is how I'm going to meet with him. And and then so we've got the busyness part, but we also have competing voices. Listen, if you were in a stadium of of a thousand people and everyone was yelling, you wouldn't be able to distinguish most likely most of those voices. And God could be yelling to you and communicating so emphatically to you, not because he's angry, but because he wants you to hear that all these other voices are drowning out his voice for you. There's competing voices in our lives. The first and foremost for many of us is we have these digital devices, these computers, these iPads, these, you know, these pads, these phones. And, and, you know, it's just, it has a voice. It has access to us in times that no one else can have access to us. And then we're consumed by what goes on those screens. There was a statistic I heard the other day. Uh, amongst 8 to 18-year-olds, they spend an average of 7.5 hours per day looking at their devices. And we have no time for God. You see what I mean? We have competing voices. We have voices that are yelling to us louder than God's voice. And so um, in order for us to hear God's voice, we need to turn down the world's volume. We've just got to find a way to say, and it, you know, for you it may be different, but you, know, uh, you might want to delete some things that consume your time off your phone. You, you might want to say, I'm not, I'm not looking at this until I do this. You, know, you have to set some standards for your life because there's a lot of competition 
for the voice of God. There's so many voices out there. And, uh, you know, we're not hearing his because of the other voices that seem to be screaming louder, that have caught our heart's affection uh, and desires. And so we're missing the best for something far less. And um, so, so the first thing that we need to do is learn how to be quiet. See, God will speak. We could tune in as we quiet ourselves. The second thing that, that I want you to know is this. You can tune in as you encounter God's presence. You'll tune in as you encounter or enter in intentionally into his presence. There's a couple verses that I'll share with you, but in my mind, the greatest way to experience God's presence is through worship. It's through worship, you know, by, by, you know, putting something on, put it, turning everything else off, getting away, getting alone, get something that moves you. I've got songs that 10, 12 years ago, I started listening to that. I just need my heart moved and, and I, I'll play that. And it, you know, it just, it just re-energizes my heart to, to um, pursue him and enter into his presence. Find something that works for you. But uh, uh, worship is not only something for you, it's for him. In the book of John, when Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well, he said something profound and powerful. He said in John four twenty three, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now check out this last portion of the verse. It says this, For they of the, are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. You see, worship is not just for us to move us. The Father is looking for worship. He's looking for worshipers. He's looking for people who, who enter in in spirit and in truth. He shows up in that situation. He, he's seeking. I mean, you know, the eyes of the Lord are seeking to and fro throughout the earth, seeking to find those, the person, the people that are faithful to him. He's seeking after worshipers. In 2 Kings, you may have never read this verse or may have never stood out to you, but I love this. Elisha um, is interacting with King Jehoshaphat who, who had uh, you know, sort of partnered with two other kings. And um, they wanted a word from the prophet. They wanted a word from the prophet, these three kings. They, they needed to hear what God's will was. And, and so as he was getting ready to enter into the presence of the Lord and hear from God, check out what he did. 2 Kings 3.15, but now bring me a harpist. He's like, I, I, need to, I need to find a way to enter in. I need to find a way to experience his presence. But now bring me a harpist. And while the harpist was playing, it says, the hand of the Lord came on Elisha. And he said, this is what the Lord says. So, so he got an answer from God by spending time in the presence of God in worship. I, thought, I think that verse is so powerful. It's so cool. It just sort of speaks to what we're talking about today that, you know what, you want to hear from God. You've you got to set the environment, the atmosphere. Um, prepare the way. Your heart, you know, prepare the way with your desire. Prepare the way with worship. God is seeking after worshipers. And here, here's the last point I'll make as it relates to us tuning in. You want to hear God's voice, you've got to tune in. He is speaking. He's a speaking God. He's a communicating God. And just like the radio waves going all around us, how do we receive what's going on there? This is, this is the third point. You tune in by reading his word. 
You know, so many people in our movement sort of, you know, they're all about the spirit and nothing about the word. You know, or very limited about the word. Let me tell you, the word of God is God's voice to us. God, is, God has spoken. He is speaking, but he has spoken. And, you know, you can, there's an old phrase like too much, of, uh, too much of the word and none of the spirit, you dry up. Too much of the spirit and none of the word, you blow up. And there's this healthy balance that we need the spirit and the word. You know, God has spoken and he speaks through his word today. And so uh, we, we tune in as we read his word. In Psalm 119, the psalmist writes this, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. That is so profound right there. I'm crying for help and my hope is in his word. Why? Because there's a ton of answers to your cry in this word, the Bible, you know? And we've got to dust those things off, you know? We've got to spend some time in God's presence, in his word, because I'll tell you, those, you know, as you're seeking him and he's speaking to you, that thing explodes off the page. It becomes alive and real. And you're like, wow, that is awesome. You know, that, that is amazing. He wants to speak to us through his word. And the Bible is loaded with examples of people, you know, uh, God speaking to people through his word. So if you want to hear God's voice, you got to get in to his word. Now, I remember years ago when my wife and I were visiting uh, a college in uh, Virginia, and we had the opportunity to attend one of their chapel services. And I'll never forget what this guy said. You know, a lot of people are seeking to know the will of God. Should I go to this college or not? And we were, that was us. He was speaking right to us. Uh, should I go there? Should, should I I be there? Should, should I commit to going, moving, bringing my family, quitting my job, and moving down here to Virginia to go to this college? And he said, let me tell you something. God is not going to write in the sky, in the clouds, go to Regent University. It's, it's pretty unlikely. It's not impossible, but it's pretty unlikely that that's going to happen. Has God done crazy stuff like that before? Yes, he has. But that is not his primary mode of communication. He's not going to to write in the sky. You know, uh, and so what he was saying is this. Read the word of God. Sometimes we've got to just stop looking for a voice and start looking for a verse. You know, because in the word, God answers so much of life's questions. It's relevant. It's alive. It's living. It's speaking today. Why? Because it's, it's, it's birthed, it's breathed by the Spirit of God. The Bible tells us in Timothy, God's Word is breathed by the Spirit of God. It, it's alive for us. It will speak to us and minister to us. Um, and I will say, you know, and I do want to articulate, I've said this, but I just want to be super clear. You know, um, in the book of Habakkuk, he's talking about hearing God's voice there. And he says, he says something along the lines, I will look to see what God will say. I will look to see what God will say. And many times, maybe more often than not, everyone hears God's voice differently. Many times, it's, it's a mental picture that he, he uses to speak to us with. It's like a picture. You're just sitting there. All of a sudden, you see this picture, and it's like, wow, that's, that's part of God. That's, that's the voice of God 
putting this impression in my mind, this picture that I see in my mind, but that's, his, that's him speaking. And, and I just want to say, listen, you've got to figure out how God speaks to you. I could bring 10 people up here who are mature and very comfortable with hearing God's voice, and probably each and every one of them would have some unique way that he communicates with them. There's not a cookie-cutter formula for this. But I would say this, tune in by quieting yourself, by preparing an atmosphere and environment of the presence of, for the presence of God, and spend time in his word. He is a communicating God. He wants to be heard. And the Bible says this as I close. You know, the Bible doesn't say, let him who has a mouth speak. The Bible says, let him who has ears hear. He wants to be heard. Amen? Amen. Well, let me close with a prayer for you. If you're here today and, and you, you, know, you don't have a relationship with God, uh, let me tell you something. God, I, I believe even at this very moment, I, I, I was just praying for you. I was praying for everyone who came in here that had like a broken relationship with God or no relationship at all with God. And, and it, was so, it was so impressed on my heart that, that he's even moving in your heart right now, that, that there's something that he's doing in your heart to say, you know what, this is real. You, you've questioned, is, is God real? Is God a reality or not? I know I'm speaking to someone, at least one person. Is God a reality or not? And he will speak to you. I promise you that. And if you want to know more about knowing him, about starting a relationship with him, I would love to share that with you. He is a good God. He is a loving Father. He's made a way for your sins to be forgiven and you be in right relationship with God. The things that you have heard about him up to this point are not fully true. The things that you have believed about him up to this point are not fully true. He's a lot gooder than you think. I'm going to patent that word. All right. So let's stand together. We'll pray. And then I got like 30 seconds of instruction. Amen. Father, today we just give you praise, God. Lord, let us have ears to hear. Let us be the kind of people that hear you, that know you, that respond to you, and that devote our lives to serving you, God. Father, I pray for for a a spiritual ear cleaning, God. I, I pray, God, that our ears would become unstopped. Lord, that we'd set aside time, that we'd give you time, we'd give you focus. And Lord, that you would make your voice so crystal clear to us that we would know you and know you more. And I give you praise for it in Jesus' name.